0: Welcome to the Simple Online Business Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Siffring. I'm a business coach and agency owner, and each week I'll be here to share simple, doable steps you can take to build a profitable and sustainable online business. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone. So a few weeks ago, before I went on break for the holidays, I hosted an event specifically for coaches, talking about what's going on in the industry, marketing trends, business trends. I shared a lot of stats and where to put your focus in 2024 to grow a coaching business in 2024. And it was so good. People loved it so much. And a lot of you told me that you wanted to play it for yourself basically over and over whenever you were feeling bad. And I thought, what easier way could there be than putting it in audio form and giving it to you to be able to listen to in podcast format. So that's what we're doing this week. And this is going to be a longer episode than the norm. But this is truly just the audio of my coaching event that I hosted. I'm leaving in the Q&A and everything. So you can come back to this again and again, anytime you need a boost. And I would love to hear, especially if you didn't come live, I'd love to hear your takeaways. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to keep the conversation going. So come hang out with me over in my free Facebook group, online business building women, or over on Instagram at Samantha Sifring. You can, you know, post in the group to chat with me, or you can DM me on Instagram. I would love to hear your thoughts and. You know, how you're feeling about your business in 2024. I want this to be a supportive place and resource for you and really can't wait to hear what you think about this. So let's get into it.
1: I am really excited to be here with all of you today. I had the idea to do this and just really wanted to do it before getting into my holiday break and hopefully planting some really good seeds in your mind that you can just kind of have marinating in the background as you go through the next couple of weeks, getting ready for 2024. I, I just feel like I've seen so many coaches who are struggling with some of this stuff, wondering how to think about some of this stuff. And I wanted to do this event to just help you kind of process through. So, as we're getting started, please drop in the comments if you haven't already your niche and where you're joining us from. I'm Samantha Ziffering. I live in Colorado. I'm joining you from the Denver area right now. I am a business coach, and I also own a marketing agency that provides online business management and marketing services. My sister and I launched that this year. I have been a coach since 2015. And have had my coaching business since 2017. And in that period of time, I've helped hundreds of coaches grow successful businesses and achieve goals. And I absolutely love supporting coaches. As I mentioned, I felt really compelled to offer this event. Like it just, it felt like this must do. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling before, just like, I have to do this. And that is how I felt about this event. And I, I, I felt that way after seeing so many coaches who were feeling more and more discouraged this year, doubting themselves, doubting their work, losing sight of why they're doing this. And I just feel like coaching the work that we do is too important to have good coaches pulling back, not shining as brightly as they could not being as bold as they could, because they're discouraged, or they're afraid, or confused or whatever it may be. So my intention today is supporting other coaches and the industry. I am not going to be doing a pitch at the end of this. I want you to know that I don't think there's anything wrong with Having a training that leads to a pitch. In fact, it's a really effective strategy. So I don't want you to take from this, that it's a bad thing to do at all. It absolutely isn't. That's just not what today is about for me. I recognize that some of you may want support with a lot of what we're going to talk about today. So if you would like to talk about what it looks like to work together, please feel free to reach out to me privately. You can do that on Facebook. You can do that on Instagram. You can also do that in email. We have a ton of material today. I really tried to pare this down because I had so many pages of notes of things I wanted to talk about. So I think I'm going to start doing these events periodically when I feel like I've got enough that we need to kind of come together and talk about things But I tried to get this down to the most important, most useful things. So I'm going to be walking you through challenges that you may be experiencing right now, or at least hearing about in the industry. I'm going to talk to you about what the facts are, give you some food for thought in figuring out how you want to think about those things, how you want to approach those things, how those things are going to matter to you. And then we're gonna talk about the outlook for business and coaching in 2024. And then I'm going to talk about where I recommend you put your focus to grow your business next year. I'm gonna give you actual recommendations of what I think deserved your time and attention. And then I'm gonna have some time for questions at the end. So if there's still some things that you wanna hear from me or you're wondering about, we will have time for that as well. The first thing that I wanna start with though as we are getting into this discussion is helping you to think about what lens to bring to this situation. So what mindset do you want to be in as you are taking in this information? So I want to talk about being a panicked coach versus a calm coach. So here's some of the comparisons. The calm coach takes time to think and evaluate. The panicked coach doesn't have time. They're making frantic and rushed changes. The calm coach is making measured changes, if any at all. The panicked coach is thinking about what's top of mind for themselves, how much money they want to make, the goals they want to reach, the bills they have to pay. They're thinking about how much of a steal or a no-brainer their offer is. But the calm coach is thinking about what's top of mind for their people. Why does this offer matter to these people? What will it do for them? Why should they care about it? The calm coach is getting into their ideal client's head instead of staying in their own perspective. Calm coach is looking at the facts. Panicked coach is looking at opinions and hype panicked coach is a follower and calm coach is a leader, the leader who is deciding what they want to think and leading others, leading themselves. The calm coach manages their mind about things. The panicked coach skips their thought work. They don't have time for that. The panicked coach doubles down on self-centered offers. And by that, I mean, Offers that are really focused on, I need to make money, I need to get this out there. So maybe they are doing some weird reach outs, maybe they are doing some really, you know, non value forward offers. The calm coach doubles down on service and value, focusing on serving others. The panicked coach is all about those shiny objects, chasing the next thing. The calm coach. Sticks with Timeless Business Foundations as the core of their strategy. The panicked coach thinks, I'm missing something and is on this never-ending quest to figure out what it is. While the calm coach thinks, what do I know? And starts with what they know, instead of starting with, what am I lacking? They're starting with what I know, what I have. The panicked coach overcomplicates while the calm coach keeps things simple. And the calm coach is led by personal and business values. And the panicked coach is chasing approval. So focus on the opinions of others, trying to make everybody happy, trying to avoid all criticism instead of being driven by their own values. Are you ready to get into the facts? I said here, the con coach looks at the facts. So we are going to look at the facts. So first we're going to look at economic facts. So for the past year, a recession has been predicted and it hasn't actually happened. The definition of recession has not actually been reached. However, inflation did have a spike mid-year, although it is now declining back towards where it was before, back towards the goal for inflation. Interest rates were raised this year, raised to a 22-year high, and they're now staying steady. And there are rumors of cuts in 2024. We don't know if that's going to happen. There's rumors. So here are some facts, economic facts. But ultimately, the, the economy is a measure. Of the actions that people take in response to their thoughts and emotions about money, about security, about certainty in the future. And this is a graph that measures and charts out consumer, so basically like a regular human. This is not like financial experts. This is not business owners necessarily. This is just like your regular human off the street. This charts their evaluation of their current financial situation, which is in black and their expectations for the next six months, which is in blue. And I want you to just notice the gap here. And, you know, as coaches, we know that there are facts and reality and there's the thoughts that humans have about it. And this right here is a literal graphic representation of that difference. And I think that that's interesting to see. And it matters in your business because this impacts people's buying decisions. If they are feeling like, yeah, maybe things are okay right now, but in the next six months, they're going to get bad, then they're going to be less spendy. They're going to feel less like they can buy stuff, like they can invest in stuff. They're going to be looking at, okay, I want to do this thing, but I'm going to wait. Maybe I'll just wait until I feel more comfortable. And the comfort, we know, like this is a feeling. This is coming from their thinking. So you need to answer, why should they invest in working with you? Why you? Why should they invest right now instead of waiting? Regardless of people's actual financial situation, Many people have felt uncertainty and wanted to hold off on big purchases and big decisions in a recent past. And as a business owner, you have to answer these questions. If you can't answer these questions, they are not going to answer these questions. You have to understand this first. And I want to share something that a friend shared with me recently when we were chatting, preparing for this event she was telling me that she had heard that the average American household has around $2,000 worth of unwanted items that they could sell. Just like in their house right now, if you went through your house and pulled out all the things that you're like, yeah, I don't really use this, don't really need this, don't really want this anymore. It adds up to $2,000. I went looking for that stat. And the number that I found was around 3,600. It was a study, I think from eBay that was put out there. And that rings true to me, you know, between like two and $4,000 worth of items that people could sell in their home, right at the ready. And I think that, you know, as you're thinking about your coaching, a lot of your offers are in that price range. And for a lot of your people, the kind of change, the kind of transformation that you're offering is worth selling some of that stuff that they don't really want anyway. They would rather work with you. So I want you to be thinking about that. I want you focused on those types of things because people are resourceful. We know that they figure out how to buy the things that they really want to buy. So why is your coaching that thing. You need to know that. You need to understand that. Let's talk about the facts of some criticism of coaching. There has been media coverage. There has been articles. There have been documentaries of, you know, coaches that it turned out were operating some kind of cult or something like that. There has been calling out of coaches, criticism of coaches on social media, many social media platforms. There has even been some FTC and other government organization action against coaches for deceptive and misleading advertising. Some examples I saw, you know, in the past year, a fitness coach who was selling what she said were custom products that it turns out were not custom. Like everybody was getting the same thing pretty much and she was marketing it as custom. That was deceptive. There was there's been a handful of business coach themes that have gotten into trouble recently and a lot of them that I have seen have been like a business in a box type thing like they will like Call elderly people and be like, hey, you want an online business? You can make 10K a month by doing nothing. We'll do it for you. You know, just give us however much money. And that is obviously not legitimate. So these types of things are being discovered, being caught, being, you know, getting in trouble with the law and having to make amends to the people that they have harmed. So I think. You've probably been seeing this. I know I've seen a lot of this and I think some of the content is highly specific on what isn't okay. For instance, these examples that I just gave to you, I think we would all agree that's not okay. That is deceptive. That is, you know, misleading or straight up harmful. But then some of the stuff that's out there goes beyond that, in my opinion, and it's just straight up anti coaching. Like some people will never be satisfied with coaches. They just don't think coaching is good. And it's not really about, you know. here's the specific thing that you've done wrong. It's just, I don't value coaching. I don't think it's good. And I want to ask you this question. If you have been paying close attention to all of that criticism, which I don't think that you have to block it out. I don't think that you have to like, totally put your head in the sand and be like, that's not there. I think it's okay to see that. But if you have been paying close attention to that, have you given your brain equal input that is pro-coaching, pro-business? Because if you haven't, that's going to impact you. If you want to build a coaching business and have this be your career and yet a significant portion of the information you take in about your career is negative or skeptical how do you think this impacts you from you what do you think about this how have you been feeling yeah Greta says makes me doubt myself and worry if i'm doing harm yeah imagine any other industry right like let's imagine we're like a plumber And they're seeing all this anti-plumber stuff. And they're feeling doubtful and worrying if they're doing harm. You might be like, hey, why are you looking at anti-plumber stuff? Like plumbing is just like obviously something people want. In that example, it is so clear, right? Like you're like, why why are you looking at that? Why are you doubting yourself? We know that it's valuable to people. So why do we see our industry and our work as different? Denise says every industry has pros and cons. It has negative aspects and positive ones. As a former teacher, this happened in education as well. Yeah, exactly. So I want you to pay attention to how much input you are allowing in that makes you Doubt yourself, worry, question your career choice, and be very conscious of that impact. I think it is so important for us to continually come back to, why do I believe in coaching? Why did I start doing this? How do I know that this is valuable and effective? And here's some questions. What do you know for sure about coaching? How have your clients been impacted? How have you been impacted? I think it's really valuable for you to keep records of this stuff, to journal about it, to review that journal about it, to save testimonials from clients, feedback from clients, to regularly review client results. To keep your belief high in what you're doing. Because that's the first step. Like The first step is you believing in what you're doing. And then showing up into the world with that belief. That is attractive to people. You showing up questioning if it's even good at all. Or if people want it. Does not make for compelling marketing. And if we're feeling that uncertainty, and then we're showing up to market, and we have this idea of, well, I'll just put it out there and see if they want it. And then they can prove to me that they want it. And then I can believe. No, that's not how it works. That's backwards. All right. We've got some more facts. Some business and marketing shifts that are just going on more broadly in the business and marketing space. Algorithm drama, that is a tale as old as social media time, at least. This has been something that isn't really new, but just continues to show up in different ways, in different flavors. The algorithm does impact your business. It does impact the visibility of your content. It doesn't totally prevent you from achieving your goals but it is there it is an element there has also been a movement in marketing away from shiny influencer type content super polished super curated type content being as attractive to people i recently was on a call for organization that i volunteer with and i was talking to a bunch of college students about marketing and What appeals to them? And this was one of the major things that they said that the really curated, like they called it Instagram baddie aesthetic. (laughs) Like just, you know, like very, like put together, beautiful, curated, all of the things that used to be the signature of Instagram and what worked on Instagram five or 10 years ago. That's not working anymore. And I think part of the reason why is AI and the rise of AI. I don't think it's the only reason why it's not appealing anymore, but I think it is part of it. Because with more and more AI content coming out, people are craving real. They're craving real human and they want to know like, this for sure is human. And when it's imperfect, When it's real, when it's authentically a human being and they can tell, that speaks to them. I think in 2024, we're going to see an explosion of use of AI. And I think that there's going to be a corresponding backlash and desire for real. That's just going to continue to grow. And then the ever-changing society that we operate in, there are always going to be shifts in culture. Always going to be shifts in consumer priorities and what is top of mind for your people. I want to show you this concept around marketing that I think may be helpful for you. And marketing here is defined as how you get the word out about your business and stay top of mind with people. The rise of social media has blurred the line between relational or relationship-based marketing and content marketing. And this is not really an exhaustive picture of every single way that you could market. But this is giving you a rough idea of the categories and where things fall. We've got relational marketing on the left, which is literally you building, creating relationships with people and nurturing those relationships like hands-on relationships, networking events, maintaining your network, coffee chats. And then on the right is content marketing. So this is you putting content out there into the world. This is not you having conversations and relationships with people. This is like your podcast, your blog, YouTube. Webinar is slightly towards relational marketing from content and it kind of depends how much you engage how much you relationship building on a webinar social media kind of walks the line between the two because it can be used for straight content distribution it can also be used for relationship building and then over kind of closer to relational marketing is real genuine engagement and In the coaching industry, something that I have seen is that many people have the idea of starting with relational and then moving to strictly content marketing, and even possibly becoming hands-off with that. like Moving all the way to content marketing and then just being like, I'm going to delegate it all. Like All I'm going to do is content marketing. I'm going to delegate all of it to the team. They're just going to repurpose my content and I'll be good to go. The trend that I have noticed in 2023 is that for the majority of coaches that I know at all revenue levels, content marketing alone isn't cutting it anymore. We are all having to move towards relational marketing and incorporate more and more of it. So I just, I want you to hold that in mind. If you feel like my content marketing isn't doing what it used to do, Yeah, because you need to lean more into the relationship. All right, let's talk more about the challenges that you may be facing. Here's some of the commentary. We talked about the facts and I want to talk a bit about what are people saying about the facts or about their experience right now in business as a coach. Things like, this is the hardest year ever. There's a dip in the coaching industry. People aren't buying coaching anymore. Life coaching isn't cool anymore. You can't be a successful coach without being unethical. It's no longer possible to make six or seven figures as a coach. These are all things that I've heard from people. And to be clear, these are opinions. These are not facts. These are beliefs or thoughts that people have. And I want to talk to you a bit about the truth regarding these things. The truth is that 2023 was not wildly different for small business owners overall. This is the Small Business Index score. This comes from the US Chamber of Commerce and it incorporates 12 different questions asked of small business owners in the US. Six of them are about your business currently and six are about your business in the future. And you can see, yeah, in Q4, there's been a dip from Q3. But Q4 is not wildly different than basically any of these since Beginning of 2021. Things are getting better since Q2 of 2022. They're staying about the same. Here's another graph. This is also from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. And this is a more detailed dive into how small business owners would currently rate the health of their business. And you can see the vast majority are rating it somewhat good, very good, and about average. And you can see these things kind of stay pretty steady. Yeah, there's ups and downs, but it's not like a crash. These stats come from an ICF, which is the International Coaching Federation, survey of coaches in late 2022. And this shows the 2019 to 2022 shifts in coaching. This shows you how the industry is still growing. And this actually takes into account a measurable dip in the coaching industry in 2020. I sent an email about that because it surprised me so much because my experience, is that 2020 was a massive growth year for myself and my clients. But there was a measurable dip in the industry, which I think is kind of amazing. But you can see annual coaching revenue is up 62% in the past three years. Coaching income up 12%. Average fee for a one-hour session up 9%. 9 in 10 coaches say they have active clients, and that's a 55% increase increase from 2019. The industry is growing. Coaching is also still becoming mainstream. And I think that this is hard for us to see because a lot of us are in spaces with a lot of coaches. And that gives us this false idea that everyone's a coach. Everyone knows what coaches are. And it's totally saturated and it's already hit the peak. I don't think we've hit the peak. I recently saw and shared on here that there was a life coach featured on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And whatever those ladies are doing is still on the cutting edge of trends. Those ladies are early adopters of things. I'm also sharing here in China, life coaches are seeing a booming demand from Gen Z. And this summer, Google tested out a new AI life coach. And I don't want you to get freaked out that the robots are going to replace you because I would never hire an AI life coach. That is not what I want. I want a real human coaching me. But I think what this shows is that there is demand. There is interest in coaching. Why would Google bother to do this? if this was an industry that already hit the peak and was going out of style and no one wanted it anymore. It's just not true. I want you to also think about this. How many people on your street actually know what a life coach is? How many of your extended family members do? How many of your high school classmates do? Because I would guarantee probably at least half of my neighbors do not know. A lot of my extended family members do not know. They think that my business is a podcast. <laughs> so I want you to think about that when you get to this place of like, oh, it's, you know, already peaked. No, it hasn't. It's still becoming mainstream. It's also becoming more and more accepted. Employers and HSA and FSA are covering different types of coaching now. 57%... This was from the ICF survey. 57% of the coaches surveyed said that their clients are sponsored, meaning that their workplace is paying for their coaching. And this is up from 2019. That is That number is growing. People's employers are paying for their coaching. They can use their health savings account. To pay for coaching and many universities, including Georgetown, which is not some sketchy bottom tier university. They are introducing coaching certifications and shout out to my client who's about to start this particular program, the Georgetown coaching program. And she's having it paid for by the U.S. government through the GI Bill. So the government is paying for coaching certifications. Pretty awesome. And this is like new. This is new stuff. Like this, the HSA thing happened this summer. This stuff is shifting and changing. Like right now. As coaching becomes more and more mainstream, more and more accepted. Let's look ahead to 2024. And... Talk about the outlook for small business in general. So I'm going to have a couple more graphs for you from the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. This one shows that the vast majority of small business owners plan to invest the same or more in 2024 than they did in 2023. And businesses planning to reduce investment is going down. And this is relevant to you Whether you work with businesses or not, because remember over 50% of employers of businesses or over 50% of coaches, clients are having their business pay for their coaching. Flipped that around. So businesses investing in coaching on behalf of their employees is a thing. And this also shows you the kind of confidence that business owners have about 2024. If 2024 was going to be terrible and a crash, this would be the opposite. We would see people wanting to reduce and wanting to cut. And you can see that that number is actually dropping. It's continuing to drop the number of business owners who are planning to reduce investments. This graph reflects small business owners' financial projections and expectations for 2024. So this has around 65% of them expecting an increase, just under 30% expecting it to stay the same, about 5% expecting it to decrease. And the number of decreases has been steadily decreasing since the height of the pandemic. I think that's pretty awesome. This is the outlook on business from business owners. Let's talk coaching p- specific outlook. Here's what I anticipate in 2024. No wild changes from 2023 and the past several years, but I am anticipating that we will see a continued focus on mental health, on the nervous system. And business and marketing ethics. These have been hot topics in coaching. I think that will continue to be the case. I think we will continue to see mainstream acceptance of coaching. And with it, that is going to have also an increase in critique and coverage. So they're going to be talking about coaching more. They're going to be critiquing coaching more. So yeah, you're going to continue to see the types of things that you've been seeing. In fact, I recently had a journalist reach out to me to talk about the coaching industry. I think we're going to see a bit of a tough ad landscape for those of you who are running paid ads with the US election and political ads. So just something to be aware of. And all the more, I think, Supporting how important relational marketing is, building those relationships, because there is going to be noise with the election. I think we're going to see continued growth in the industry. This is actually projected by ICF. They are projecting continued growth of this industry. And I think that we're going to see a continued focus and move towards high ticket, high touch offers like one on one coaching. I think that that is going to really be a trend in the industry that we are seeing. I think it's something that people want. It is an offer with amazing profit margins. It is an offer where you don't need Tons and tons of people to achieve your revenue goals and tons and tons of marketing to achieve your revenue goals. And something that I have been hearing from the ad world is that there is a rise in the number of people doing an ads funnel to a consult call for one on one or high ticket offers. So here's the deal. We know that change is constant. The economy ebbs and flows with increased visibility, comes increased scrutiny of coaching. And what's top of mind for your people is going to shift and change over time. You never arrive at marketing that will work forever in the exact same way on autopilot while you chill on the beach. Doesn't matter if you have a million dollar business, $10 million business, billion-dollar business, all of those businesses have to innovate and are constantly evolving to match what people want and what works. The CEO mentality that you have to have to be successful is that you have to love the business part. You have to embrace the changes. You have to love being in it with the marketing and the problem solving. That is how you succeed. So let's talk specifically about how we do that. How do we grow in 2024? Here's how you do it. Hard thinking and getting to work. This adds up to a healthy business when times are tough. And a skyrocketing, exponential growth kind of business when things are easier. And yes, it is a cycle of things being tougher, things being easier. That is the truth of business. Every industry goes through those cycles where things are tougher and things are easier. So if right now is a tougher time for you, this is your equation to staying healthy, keeping your business healthy. And imagine where you're going to be when things ease up. Let's dig more into what these specifically look like. Because committing to these things is always going to serve your business. It is absolutely essential. Here's what I mean by hard thinking. First part of this is mindset. Growing requires intention. And I think on some level, we all know this, that you can't out-strategy a crappy mindset. You have probably learned that lesson in your business before. But I have seen a lot of coaches trying to out-strategy a crappy mindset this year. And it isn't working. You need to recommit to your vision and your dreams. I've seen a lot of coaches let go of their vision and dreams. I was talking to a client recently who told me that in the past year or so, she feels like she has slammed the door on her dreams and told herself that it's no longer possible. And I know she's not alone. So you need to open that door back up and let yourself dream. You're a coach. That's what we do. You need to practice new beliefs intentionally. You actually have to work at building new beliefs. And you need to be mindful about what you let in and how you react to it. When you are feeling fragile and you go compare yourself to people or you look at people who hate coaches, you are hurting yourself. Do not do this. (laughs) That is a discipline, right? A discipline to not do that. Hard thinking also is critical thinking. This means innovating and creating IP in your niche. Studying your consumer habits. Things like what makes you stop the scroll? What makes you want to buy? You can learn a lot about yourself and your clients and your business and how you want to approach your selling and marketing by your own consumer habits. You need to be evaluating your results to learn. You need to understand the why for your decisions and actions beyond someone told me to. And you need to ask yourself hard questions. Hard questions like, why you? Why should they hire you? Why now? Why should they buy now? Mindset and critical thinking Are two of the major things that I have seen lacking with people who are experiencing lower revenue this year and feeling discouraged about it. And like I was saying, you can't out strategy a crappy mindset. And this is what's been going on. People have been trying to out strategy the lack of mindset work and critical thinking, and it doesn't work. So many people have let go of the mindset and self-coaching practices that got them where they are and then are like, why is it not working the way that it did? So you have to do these things. You have to really take the time to think. Remember the panicked coach versus the calm coach. The calm coach takes time for this stuff and the panicked coach doesn't have time for this stuff. This is a hard thinking and getting to work crossover slide because value and service really dips into both things. So how to content, like content that's telling you, like, here's how to do this thing step by step. That can be valuable, but I think it's also a dime dozen unless you really do something innovative or interesting with it. It's not going to stand out quite as much. And I find that for coaches, it's less likely to convert than content that creates a mental shift that makes your potential client feel differently. Imagine them consistently receiving content from you that makes them feel better, feel belief that they can achieve their goal. How long is it going to take of them seeing your content and having that feeling before they're finally like, wait a second, I need to just work with this person. Storytelling is another thing that's insanely valuable. And you want to just keep giving and giving and giving until you tip the scale. I teach this concept called the value scale where every single person out there who follows you has a certain amount of value that they need to receive from you that will then make them want to work with you. So the more that you're giving and the faster that you're giving it, the more value is piling up on the scale and the closer you're getting to tipping the scale. I think that mental image is so useful when we're creating content because it gives us some urgency in getting stuff out. And has us spending less time worrying about the right stuff and spending more time just getting stuff out there? And this also looks like leading your audience. Your potential client wants to hire a coach who helps them feel confident. Don't forget that. And you might even spend some time thinking a bit more on all of the feelings that your potential client wants you to help them feel and is looking for in the coach they're going to hire. This comes from leading yourself first. So are you having mental shifts? Are you coaching yourself? Are you getting coached? Are you having mental breakthroughs, transformations? Are you building your confidence? Are you building all of those other feelings in yourself? You have to lead yourself first and then lead your audience. That is who they want to hire. Finally, on getting to work, relationships. I've already talked about this multiple times, but never underestimate the power of your network and networking. The people who are still winning and succeeding and doing well in 2023 are the ones who put in the time to build strong networks and relationships and maintain them. This looks like networking, online, offline, wherever you want to do it, building personal connections with people, genuine, real connections, actually caring about people and letting that show. This pays you back in referrals. This comes from truly understanding your people and what's relevant to them versus you taking time to talk to them, journal about them, get inside their head, do all of the exercises that I teach in all of my marketing content and the marketing sections of my course. Really spending time thinking about your people and being with your people and talking to your people. This also includes delivering for your clients at a high standard. This again leads to referrals. This leads to renewals. And I just want to give the reminder that you are never above or beyond this work. I do think that for many of us, there has been a sense of entitlement to not doing this stuff. And I'm telling you, this is the money making stuff. If you're willing to do this stuff, you will grow your business. Quickly, I want to give you an overview of some broader world of marketing trends for 2024 that I think you should be aware of. And I'm going to give you some quick thoughts into how I think that this is relevant to a coaching business, how to apply this to a coaching business. The first one is user-generated content. This is a huge buzzword, buzz phrase in the marketing space. And it looks different for many different businesses. But the example that always comes top of mind to me right now, because I am on TikTok fairly often, is that every other video when I'm swiping through is for these Hilara pants. And if you are on TikTok, you're probably getting these as well. But there are so many different people, all different body sizes, all different heights, and they're all showing you this pair of pants that you can buy from TikTok Shop, and. Instead of having the owner of the company or whatever, who else, however else it would be, some hired person for a commercial, like think about more traditional advertising. It is all of these people, many of which I have already followed on TikTok, who are all talking about these pants. These are real customers of these pants who are now creating content about it and being compensated for that. So what does this look like in your business? This looks like real testimonials and client stories. You need to tell more client stories. This really makes a difference. I was recently looking back through a couple different launches that I did and comparing them. And the one that did the best was the one that had a client story in every single email. This can look like podcast interviews, video testimonials, brain thoughts of celebrations or comments that they've made. Those things are going to be more valuable in the minds of your potential client than like the pretty branded quote. Because the pretty branded quote could be fake. The podcast interview, the video, these things are not fake. The screenshots less likely to be fake. And when people have like a little bit of trust issues, which a lot of consumers do, that matters. So just something to be aware of. AI, obviously, that's going to continue to advance and grow. We already talked about that. And... I really think that this is going to contribute to a rise in desire for things that are obviously real human, that have that feel. I have been saying be a real human since 2018. I had a freebie called be a real human in 2018. And this just continues to be true and continues to be more And more important, people are going to be craving things that they can tell are not AI and that are real. I also think along these same lines of being real and relationships and connections, the return of the consult call. So many of us in the coaching space have been on this quest to eliminate coaching calls as like the ultimate arrival experience. We don't have to do these consult calls anymore. But I'm telling you, trust and confidence is everything in people's buying decisions. And a consult call allows for a place to build that. Consult calls have always and will always convert at a higher rate than any webinar or training ever could. And the personal connection that you build on a consult call is what coaching clients are craving versus flashy webinars and trainings. In 2024, you're going to see more and more ads that lead to a sales call for a high ticket offer. I already told you this. You are going to see it probably in the next couple weeks and be like, Samantha was right. Called it. And we are seeing increased segmentation and personalization happening as technology allows for more and more of that. So think the algorithms that are really, really good That's how I feel about TikTok. Like TikTok knows the depths of my soul. It knows what I want to see. It gives it to me. It's like, I think you want to know about the history of how this word was created. And I'm like, how'd you know? Yeah, I did. (laughs) So I think this type of really good personalized targeting is only going to continue to grow. Also, think about the ads that show you the things you've looked at. Think about the emails you receive about the abandoned shopping cart being like, Did you forget me? You're going to see more and more of this stuff. So what this looks like for your business is things like with your email list starting to segment. And here's an example of this. I have let people opt out of launches that are not relevant to them. So for instance, I did this training, uh, I think a couple of years or a year and a half ago now how to start your online business. And there is a lot of people on my list who already had a business. So if I'm constantly giving them how to start your online business content, that's relevant to that. And that can feel like a little bit of an issue in our relationship. right? If I'm emailing them stuff constantly that doesn't feel relevant to them, it's like, do you even know me at all? So giving them this option to opt out of that and still receive other emails. I think we're going to see that continue to grow. And I also think we're going to have a move for email newsletters to feel like a personal message versus fancy professional newsletter. Okay, now I want to give you the quick rundown of what to take forward in 2024. This is your direction and your fuel. Set yourself a revenue goal. Give yourself a direction that you are moving in and. Bonus points, this brings up drama. And then you know exactly what to do your mindset work on. That helps you to build your belief and confidence. And if these things aren't there, if the revenue goal, the mindset work, if this isn't here, you can just throw away the rest. Because strategy does not work the same for a coach if you don't have the mindset. And hello, you are a coach. You are selling this. You are selling the mindset work. You are selling goals. You're selling growth. No matter what your niche is or what your focus on is and how you word it, this is what coaching is. So make sure you incorporate it too in your own business. Here's your reminder of your hard thinking. You've got the direction and the fuel. Now we're doing this. Focus on your people first. Get in their head. Speak to them and their needs and wants. Lead them. Be the leader they're looking for. Create value and then create more and more and more value. Remember the scale that you're trying to tip. And evaluate often. Don't waste valuable lesson by not evaluating. Don't make yourself failing in the same way over and over because you refuse to evaluate and learn the lesson. It's a total waste of the experience. Failure is incredibly valuable when you take the time to learn something from it. Finally, get to work. Do more marketing. Your 2024 goal requires more marketing than you think it does. We always underestimate what it takes to achieve our goals. And take care of your clients. They are one of the most valuable assets in your business. All right. Look at that. I made it with two minutes to spare. All right. Q&A time. I am happy to stay on for, I don't know, probably at least another 30 minutes if you want to. If you've got questions. What's coming up? Denise says, so many people won't tell you that truth. Do more marketing. Yep. Victoria said, thank goodness you're sending a replay. I feel like I'm going to need to re-listen to this all year whenever I'm feeling in the dumps. Good. I feel like I'm going to play this for myself as well. Taryn says, my question is, I use Pinterest for marketing. How can I make it more personal? Taryn, this is about what happens after they click the pin, that experience. I also use Pinterest. And now I'm having like multiple thoughts about this. But I'm going to stay with my current thought. And then I'll come back to the other. So they find the pin, they love the pin, they click through, then what happens? They're opting into your list, then what happens? How do we make that more personal? That's what you want to be asking yourself and brainstorming. The other side of this is you can make video pins that feel more personal and real, and then lead to exactly what we just talked about. What's your thoughts about how groups fit into the high ticket one one-on-one offer trend? Groups are still going to be there. That's not something that's going to change. But I think we will just be seeing people bringing back one-on-one if they haven't already, leaning into one-on-one. and. I, I don't know that I would say that we're going to see high ticket groups go away. I don't think that we will. I think that they will still be a thing. I think it's mostly just people breaking out of this idea that there's this linear path from one-on-one to groups. I think that's maybe my, my real like core thought here is that we're going to stop seeing that as the growth trajectory that we all assume that we're going to do and assume is the right way. It's not that one-on-one is better than group. It's just I think people are going to be embracing one-on-one as a part of a business that also does have scalable offers or a business that's at higher revenue instead of trying to escape it. Would you consider a Facebook group to be relational marketing? It depends on what you do in there. It depends on how much you are genuinely engaging and building relationships with people in there. But it absolutely can be. That's on niching or not niching in 2024. I saw an ad a few months ago from a business coach for health coaches and nutritionists. and She said something I can't get out of my head. And I know it's impacting me that you need a niche and intuitive eating isn't a niche. Why is intuitive eating not a niche? I have mixed thoughts on this. Something that I think we're going to see in 2024 is that we're going to see some people niching and some people unniching. <laughs> and I know that that's not maybe all the way helpful as like a definitive answer, but I think the definitive answer that comes from that is that there still is not a right answer for this. And it is not really about the niche. Niches are tools. And I think that they can make your marketing a lot easier. Like, for instance, something I noticed marketing this event is how much easier it was for me than marketing many of my other things that I've ever done, because it's just like very specific who I'm talking to. So there's definitely benefits to niches. but as you know, you can also be successful without a super specific niche. And I, I just, I think that the intuitive eating is not a niche thing. I don't know. I mean, that's odd to me personally. I think thinking of a niche as only a demographic of a person is a limited view of what a niche is. It's it's kind of like, what if somebody said that being a marketing coach is not a niche? Yeah, it is. What if somebody said something like, being a coach that specifically talks about paid advertising is not a niche? I think that's actually a very similar thing to intuitive eating because it's like, here's a tool. Like, here's a way to approach marketing is through paid advertising. Here's a way to approach eating and it's intuitive eating. Greta says, what price point do you consider high ticket? I feel like this is like a never ending debate. I think that it really depends on who you work with. The industry norms, like the current industry norms as well. So I think that there's probably a time in the past where somebody in the coaching industry would be like, $2,000, $3,000 is not high ticket. But like when I think about the very first time I hired a coach, that felt very high ticket to me. So it's kind of in the eye of the beholder, you know, but I would say, in the thousand, for sure, feels high ticket to me. How important is creating an email list? Because I personally do not like reading emails. You are the only coach I read emails from. Since I don't like reading emails, I assume others don't either. And that may be a mindset shift around this from a business perspective. Okay. So with the email list, the... Absolute undeniable truth of an email list is that this is an audience you own. On social media, you are kind of at the mercy of that platform to share your stuff with your people in a timely ma- manner. I had this happen in the design 2024 Facebook group where I did a like, I'm going live in an hour. And then people started commenting on it a week later. And we're like, I just saw this. But my email of I'm going live in an hour went out when I sent it. And yeah, maybe some people didn't open it, but at least I know for the most part, it made it there to those people. And then your list is something that can't be taken away. You know, like, I have seen multiple people. And actually, this happened to me a few years ago where my Instagram account got shut down. And it was a mistake. like It was a total error. And eventually, fighting with Instagram, they finally were like, Oh, yeah, actually, you didn't go against any community standards. This was a mistake. But it happened to me during a launch and cut me off from thousands of people who were in my audience. I also... Oh, yeah. I was about to say this. And then Jen said it. This is such a good point. So you said that you don't like reading emails, but I'm the only coach you read emails from. And Jen says, I don't like reading emails either, except when I do. And I think that's something to think about, right? Like you don't like emails from people you don't like emails from. But from people you do like emails from, you like those emails. I think that there are people out there who see my name in their inbox, your name in their inbox, and feel excited to read it. I know that there's been lists that I've been on where when I receive an email from it, it's like, Oh my gosh, stop everything. I want to read this email. I want to see what this person has to say because I know it's going to be good. And ultimately, that's the kind of email you want to send. And it's not going to create that response in everyone. Probably every time you send an email, you're going to have people unsubscribe. But that's a good thing. It's just honing your list to be more and more of the people who love to receive an email from you. Erica said, this session was exactly what I needed. Here's what really struck me. This year, I exposed myself to negative coaching commentary and all the all the positive coaching commentary was coming from people I don't respect. <laughs> yes, I can relate. I think a lot of the positive commentary was coming from spaces where it's not okay to doubt or question. And I come from a cultural background that was very religious and very much like it's not okay to doubt or question or have any negativity. Like this belief is so fragile, it can't hold up to any kinds of scrutiny or critique. And so I am really against being in spaces that are that way, which is why I wanted to do this event and provide something that is pro coaching, but doesn't be like, don't look at any of that. They're haters because the truth is in the middle, right? Like there is some validity to the critique, but it also doesn't mean that we need to feel bad about being a coach and have it negatively impact our businesses. Denise says, I hate saying this, but as a business coach, I have this sticky thought that people looking for business coaching want to know the financial result they can get, but it doesn't feel good to me to solely focus on that. How else can I think about this for my offers? Spend more time thinking about your people and what they want. Because not everybody is hyper fixated on a financial result or is hyper fixated on it to the exclusion of everything else. I also think that our people are not dummies. They have an awareness of what it will take to get to their goal. So I don't think that we have to be in this space where it's like, They don't understand anything about business except a financial result. No, there's people out there who are like, I know that my marketing is the problem and I need to do more and better marketing to achieve my goal. So who can help me do more or better marketing? And that's just one example, but there's plenty more. There's also people who have very successful businesses who are considering quitting their business because they're so burnt out, that person is not going to go to the coach who's like, hey, want to make tons more money? Because that's not the thing they're struggling with. So I would just think about your ideal client, what is the thing they want? And if the only thing that comes to mind is a specific dollar amount, then that's something we need to work through. And figure out like, okay, how do you come to terms with that? Are you either going to realize that they care about other things or decide on a new ideal client who does care about other things or change your mindset around talking about financial results? You've got options of how to approach it. All right. Anything else? This is such a good conversation I feel like I've got the experience qualifications client results to charge more but the demand isn't there yet I'm just starting to regenerate momentum basically I feel like my demand price would be 6k and my qualifications price would be 11k for six months and it's a battle in my brain why is it a battle what's wrong with charging 6k I don't think there's anything wrong With choosing the price where you're like, I can sell this. Like, think about this. Which one is better? Going with the price where you're like, I know I can sell this. I know people will pay this. This feels like an easy sell to me. And I feel really confident going out there because I know people are going to say yes to this. And then you're getting yeses or being like, no, my qualifications mean that I should charge 11k and I need to be stuck and rigid and committed to this price even if no one's paying it it's like which one's going to make you more money you know it's my thoughts about their perception of the price yuck too low you probably aren't good okay our brains are broken when we think 6k is a low price like. Okay, 6k is a low price if it is a mansion. Right? Like if you're looking on Zillow and it's like, "Oh my gosh, this beautiful house. This is my dream house." Wait a minute. The purchase price is 6k? What is wrong with this house? Is this made of cardboard? Does this like not have indoor plumbing? Like what's going on with this house? Right? Like that is like a drastic difference. But like 11k versus 6k. No, this is not a huge difference. And this is not a price where people are going to be like, yuck, I don't think you're very good. Morna says, I want to grow my business and I'm hesitant to say that I am qualified to charge this price. What's wrong with starting lower and working your way up? I'll tell you, I started low and worked my way up and then. There was a period of time in my business where like my confidence just really took a hit. And like I had some clients quit. I was not getting new clients. Things were going horribly. And in my mind, they weren't really going horribly. When I look back at it, I'm like, Oh, that, that was not that much of a difference, but I just felt like I need a win. And so I lowered my price and. Then people started signing up for it and buying it. And then I rebuilt my confidence, selling more, and raised the price. I don't think there's anything wrong with starting on the lower end and being willing to work your way up as your confidence builds. All right. Thanks so much, everyone, for this amazing conversation. I am going to have the replay sent out to all of you. And I hope you have an amazing break. I hope you have an amazing holiday.
0: And I will talk to all of you in the new year. Bye, everyone. If you loved this episode, I'd appreciate it so much if you rated and reviewed the podcast and shared it with other business owners who you think would like it too. And if you'd like to get more business advice and tips from me, come join me in my free Facebook group, Online Business Building Women.